Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning to you, DMV. Hope everybody is doing well today. 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app and the stream at thefandc.com. However, you're tuned in today. We appreciate you hanging out with us for just a bit. I am Danny Noakes. We got Vic Ferreira in studio producing the show. And we're with you up until noon today leading into a little CBS Sports Radio. It's the Week 18 season finale in the National Football League. That's where a lot of our attention will be focused today. However, got some segments planned to talk a little Washington Capitals with you. Caps dropping one at home at Capital One Arena last night to the Nashville Preds. We're going to talk to Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage here coming up at about 9.30, so just under 30 minutes from now. But we begin in the NFL, and we begin with the Commanders as we have for the last several months, and that's likely going to be coming to an end very soon because the Commanders, of course, have obviously been eliminated from the playoff picture as of last week after losing to Cleveland and, of course, the Lions and Packers. Also made sure that the Commanders would be or not be a part of the NFL postseason here in 2023. But there are still several scenarios they could see other teams getting in. We will be going over those throughout today's program as well. Meanwhile, the team that the Commanders play this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys, they still very much do have a chance to win both the NFC East and become the number one seed in the NFC. That has, they have some thanks to pay to the Philadelphia Eagles, who have lost each of their last two games. Philadelphia with a big divisional game of their own this weekend at 425. So you got the NFC East late day window coming at you on Sunday. But here in Washington, D.C., a lot of the focus is around the commanders and specifically a new starting quarterback, the third starting quarterback of the year for this team. It will be Sam Howell, the rookie is going to make his NFL regular season debut out of North Carolina. He seems pretty excited, and this saga that's played out over the last several weeks, really the last month or so with Taylor Heineke, who has clearly had the best record and the most success of any of the Washington quarterbacks this season, went 0-2-1 through the month of December as a starting quarterback, and I like to point out that wins are not necessarily just a quarterback statistic, right? It's a team game, although their role in those wins is often the largest, whether it's a win or a lose, still has to be mentioned, right? So after Carson Wentz was given the opportunity to 
regain his starting job last week with a chance to go in, beat the Cleveland Browns at home, a team that doesn't have really anything to play for outside of the role of spoiler. You'd figured they'd come out with a little bit more fire, a little bit more oomph, but that ultimately is not what happened. So Carson Wentz sat back down this week, and when the week began, it sounded like Taylor Heineke was going to get the start with Sam Howell expected to come in and take a lot of the reps, but no longer. It's going to be the Sam Howell show from start to finish unless something goes wrong. But something interesting that didn't come out until just before we were doing the show a couple of days ago, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said, quote, the expectation about which quarterback would start for Washington shifted from Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell late this morning. And again, just a sidebar, this was a couple of days ago. Heineke, who had received indications that he was in line to start, believed Howell was deserving of a full game and relayed that to coaches, end quote. So it really just makes Taylor Heineke even more likable, if you ask me. Plus, I heard someone point out that Heineke's agent probably mentioned to him at some point that he'll be in line to get a decent contract from any team this offseason. And not playing on Sunday would mean that he wouldn't risk any injury. So it's really not a bad position to be in from a business standpoint if you're Taylor Heineke either. However, someone like Taylor Heineke, who is a gamer, a guy that just competes his rear end off, you know he would prefer to be out there on the field on Sunday, but he shows that he's a great teammate and also probably pretty business savvy when it all comes down to it. He knows his role, and Sam Howell is going to become the 33rd quarterback to start for Washington since that football team last won the Super Bowl after the 1991 season. He's the eighth different starting quarterback to start in Ron Rivera's three seasons. Now, something that needs to be mentioned out of all those starting quarterbacks that Ron Rivera's had, there have been a lot of injuries that have been needed to factor in there, including this year. Carson Wentz hurt after six games, busted up his finger in the win over the Chicago Bears, which was just his second win of the season. Two and four was his record before he started last week against Cleveland, now 2-5 and five on the season. But I, I watched a lot of Sam Howell in college, and Howell was a very highly touted prospect a couple of years before he came out, but things kind of changed. He was considered a top prospect after throwing for 7,227 yards, 68 touchdowns through his first two seasons down there in Chapel Hill. And then he lost multiple skill players to the NFL, and after that happened, his numbers dropped his senior year. And that was his third year as the starter. He did throw for 3,056 yards, 24 touchdowns, but nine interceptions. Not quite the same efficiency or effectiveness, but he also added 828 yards on the ground. And that offense down there in Chapel Hill wanted to incorporate his legs a little bit more. You saw that in the first preseason game, too, of the Commanders earlier in 2022 when Sam Howell took off against the Panthers and had a nice little scamper in for a touchdown and looked pretty comfortable doing it, put a nice move on one of those Panthers defenders. So the trouble here, there's a couple of different things in, in terms of what the commanders are going up against this weekend. And I'll preface this by saying my expectations could not be lower for this game. And it starts with this. Well, the commanders have a bunch of guys that are not going to be playing in this game, including Jonathan Allen, Benjamin St. Just, James Smith-Williams, and Antonio Gibson. The first three guys I mentioned are all on the defensive side of the ball. And 
while it's been the offense that's really struggled over the last four games, the defense, sure, they've improved since the beginning of the season, but the defense has also given up some big plays in some crucial spots over the last couple of weeks where, again, I think it's it's been a team effort as to why this team has has not been able to win in well over a month at this point. And Carson Wentz, the quarterback position, has a lot to do with that as well. Carson Wentz threw three interceptions last weekend and looked really, really bad doing it. But there will be no worry over whether or not Carson Wentz will be back in Washington, D.C. As John Keim of ESPN put it, quote, Wentz does not have any guaranteed money left on the final two years of his contract besides the $4 million guaranteed for injury in 2023. His base salary of $20 million does become fully guaranteed on the third day of the new league year in mid-March. He would count $26.2 million on the salary cap if he's on the roster all season. But the key for Washington is that he can be cut without any salary cap hit. And we all know what's coming up on Monday. It's Black Monday, right? The Monday after the regular season finale in the NFL generally spells the end of many head coaching jobs, right? And and there have already been several head coaches that have been relieved of their duties already, namely Matt Rule down in Carolina. Uh, there have there have been some others as well. Uh, Denver's head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, was also uh, given his walking papers. So he is another guy that has already been relieved of his duties. But there are several elements to this game, too, that just outside of the players that Washington is going to be missing lead me to believe that there feels like a dark cloud just slowly creeping over FedEx field and, and this franchise just in general, which, I mean, you could argue that there's been a black cloud over the franchise for most of the last three decades. I, I wouldn't really argue you there. But as we all know, there are instances where things get not just worse, but a lot worse. And on Sunday, we already went through all the guys that are going to be out. We've already talked about the fact that the Cowboys have a chance to clinch the NFC East and the number one seed in the NFC. That did not look anywhere to be likely a couple of weeks ago. But with the Eagles losing, now the Cowboys have something to play for on Sunday. The other thing about this game is that the Commanders are going to retire Sonny Jurgensen's number. So that means no one will ever wear the number nine again for Washington. Well-deserved, but as a lot of people have pointed out, this kind of seems last minute again, right? It kind of harkens back to the franchise's decision to retire Sean Taylor's jersey maybe a week less than that before they were actually going to have the ceremony and and play that game, leaving fans with very little time to get plans in order to go and witness that. And similarly here, you have the short time frame that at least I've been aware that this is a thing, but you also have the fact that this game means nothing to the commanders outside of the fact that it's a division rival in Dallas and you're trying to play spoiler. They The commanders have nothing to play for in terms of a playoff spot, obviously. So I, the very little marketing around this is, is a little puzzling. It doesn't feel like it was a very good game to pick because I doubt that a lot of commanders fans are even going to be there, right? It's going to be full of Dallas Cowboys fans. That much we know. But it feels like someone like Sonny Jurgensen, who not only was an incredible quarterback for the franchise in some of its most successful years, but was also one of the premier radio voices through some of their Super Bowl runs. And 
someone that's just straight up beloved and and always has been and always will be in the city. So I said this summer that Sonny Jurgensen is without a doubt on my Mount Rushmore of Washington football team members, and I didn't limit that to just players. So my Mount Rushmore, when it came down to it, was Sonny Jurgensen, Joe Gibbs, Daryl Green, and John Riggins. And I took calls on that. We took submissions, and we got a, there were really no wrong answers. You know, we had several members of the Hogs submitted as worthy of being on Mount Rushmore. That would totally be the case. You could just make a Mount Rushmore of the Hogs, <laughs> and, and that would suffice, right? We, we just saw the Hogs get honored last weekend. My honorable mention there is obviously Sean Taylor, and, and Sean Taylor is personally my favorite player of all time. And I share that view with a lot of folks my age or close to my age, the millennial generation, our generation as football fans in Washington, D.C. We don't have a lot of success to cling to, right? So Sean Taylor was our guy because he's the most talented player probably that the franchise has seen in the last 30 years. But you could probably have a debate around that because Sean obviously only got to play about three and a half before he was murdered in his home in an incredibly tragic situation. So Sean Taylor would definitely make my Mount Rushmore in terms of the impact that he's had on the franchise. Just wish that he would have had more time, obviously. Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch did report later yesterday that Frank Herzog, the longtime voice of the Redskins and Sonny's broadcast partner for many years, will in fact be in the radio booth to share some memories of Sonny, despite initial reports saying that Frank Herzog would not be there. And that checks out because the Commanders are a reactive franchise. They're not proactive. They got to screw things up once before they come close to getting it right. Again, see anything that they've done to try and honor Sean Taylor. They insult the fans. The fans deservedly get upset, they voice their displeasure, and then the team tries to fix it. But by then, it's generally too late and the damage is done. So to me, this has all the makings of a really ugly day. Just set your expectations as low as they'll go. That's what I plan to do. Maybe they surprise us, right? Maybe they do play spoiler. Maybe they beat Dallas. Maybe Sam Howe comes out and, and sets the Cowboys' defense ablaze, throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns. I hope that all happens. But it's definitely not my expectation. So we'll step aside. We'll take our first break of the day. We'll come back and we'll get you the latest on Damar Hamlin, who continues to make a remarkable recovery from the cardiac arrest that he suffered on Monday night, collapsed in the game against the Bills and the Bengals. We'll get you the latest next on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So we got two NFL games later on today. We're going to give you a full breakdown of this weekend's schedule. We'll save one segment for the two games today and another segment for the full slate of games tomorrow. You've also got a day full of college basketball today. Going to run down some of the games here for you of area teams right now, just in order of which they will tip off this weekend. So at noon, you've got Davidson at VCU. At 2, you've got Radford visiting Gardner-Webb. Also tipping off at 2, Washington, D.C.'s own Georgetown Hoyas heading to play Marquette. Hoyas 5-11 and on the season, Marquette 12-4. and can listen to it on our stations here. And then at 5 p.m. tip-off, that's number 11 UVA hosting Syracuse, while Virginia Tech will host NC State at 7.30. And then the Maryland Terrapins aren't in action until tomorrow afternoon. They've got a 1 o'clock tip-off hosting number 24 Ohio State. So another big conference game for the Terrapins and another good team coming to College Park to play against Maryland. But we mentioned that we wanted to give you an update on DeMar Hamlin, who, again, continues to make a remarkable recovery. The Bills' safety collapsed on the field, went into cardiac arrest on Monday during the Bills-Bengals game. Game was declared a no contest. It was stopped after Hamlin went down. Several minutes passed, obviously. You all know the story at this point. Well, things have changed for the better. In this situation and DeMar Hamlin is now off his breathing tube. He FaceTimed with his Bills teammates on Friday and from all the reports that we've heard that was a really special moment because he got to see a lot of his teammates face to face at least on a screen and he told them that he loved them. So it was a really emotional and a, and a very cool moment I'm sure because those teammates of his just really wanted to know that he was okay and, and for him to have come this far in just a few days after, I mean, let's call it what it is, right? His heart stopped several times on the field and while he was in the ambulance on the way to the hospital on Monday night. So the fact that he is is even to the point that he's at right now is absolutely fantastic and hoping and praying that he continues to make a full recovery. And several, uh, every team, not just several, but every team across the NFL will pay tribute to DeMar Hamlin in several ways this week. All the players across the National Football League are going to be given an option whether to wear a black Nike shirt with DeMar Hamlin's number three on it. A message of support will accompany that as well. It appears also every team in the NFL is outlining the number three on each of their respective 30-yard lines with either Bills Blue or Red to also honor DeMar Hamlin. And then the Buffalo Bills 
course, the team that DeMar plays for, they're going to have the option to wear additional number three gear that will support DeMar Hamlin, including hats, as well as some other stuff. So it's going to be uh, quite the scene, I think, as we move through the NFL games this weekend. Thursday was the day that DeMar finally woke up, asked his doctors if the Bills won, and that's when they told him that he'd won the game of life, that famous quote now that we've seen that had to have been an incredibly cool moment. And so it's not just affected the football world. It's it's affected everyone across the sporting world and, and particularly the city of Buffalo. And there's a couple of things to note about not just the city of Buffalo, the other teams around the city that are competing and doing it, at least as they say, for DeMar. You also have Pittsburgh, DeMar's alma mater, and the Pitt men's basketball team used that energy to upset number 11 UVA this week. And you saw it in a tweet from the official Pitt men's basketball account that that was, in fact, for DeMar Hamlin. So it's a pretty cool tribute there. Not to mention you had the Buffalo Sabres come into Washington, D.C. on Tuesday night and beat the Washington Capitals 5-4 to in what was truly an electric back-and-forth game. It was actually very exciting. Game went to overtime, tied at 4 but before the game started, the Sabres wore t-shirts that said love for three as they entered the game as a way to honor DeMar Hamlin. And you also saw a couple of signs near the Sabres bench with supportive messages for Hamlin as well. Tage Thompson went off for Buffalo. The young guy, hat trick. But Ovechkin also had two. And then one of Tage's goals came from what we all know as Ovi's office over there on the left wing. It was a one-timer. Really back-and-forth performance between those two guys. Electric, but just makes me think Buffalo's been through a heck of a lot in the last 365 days. You have DeMar Hamlin's incident, right? There was a shooting that took place last year and took the lives of, of so many innocent people. Not to mention all the weather that they've been dealing with. I mean, the two snowstorms that they've had already this winter total somewhere north of several feet of snow that <laughs> imagine how long that would shut down a city like Washington DC it would be a month before they'd be able to dig everybody out here in 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 this city but uh, it's just it's it's special to see DeMar Hamlin continuing to recover and hope that he does just that continues to recover We'll continue to monitor the situation. We'll relay any updates to you. I don't think that we'll have any this morning, which I imagine would be a good thing, but we'll get them to you if if there are any updates to report. For now, though, we will step aside. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we will visit the rink. It's time to talk a little bit of Washington Capitals with Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. Stick around. We've got some hockey coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to go around the NFL, look at 
the two games scheduled to be played later on today, as well as the full slate of NFL action that we'll get tomorrow. It's week 18, season finale. Crazy how fast football season seems to go every single year. But right now, we go on over to the BetQL guest hotline, BetSmart, and beat the books with BetQL. Let's give a warm welcome to our buddy Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. You can find him on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. Matt, thanks so much for the time this morning, man. How are you? No problem, Danny. Good to be here. Doing well. How about you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just coming off the loss last night for the Capitals, who have actually been playing quite well over the last 18 games, 12-3-3. But as we mentioned, Caps do fall at home last night to the Nashville Predators, 3-2. Caps' first regulation loss since mid-December, and their two goals last night came from Sonny Milano and Nicholas Abe Kubel. And these are the two guys that I want to highlight real quick. We'll break down a few different other players as well. But starting with Sonny Milano, he seems to have been a really good add for this team. He plays with a ton of energy. He's fast, and he's skilled around the goal. You saw that last night. I think he's really getting comfortable here in D.C., don't you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, he's a player who joined the Capitals after the season started. They kind of got a bit of a steal with him, having to pass him through waivers, uh, sending him down to Hershey to begin the year. Uh, he ultimately makes it through. No other team claims him, and they're able to get him ready and then get him going. And he's slowly been cracking his way into bigger and more important roles. Now a, a member of the power play unit playing down on that blocker spot up by the goal. He's been playing now on the second line as well. Uh, across from me, TJ Oshie, you know, with Dylan Strom. So, you know, these are our big players on this team, and he's starting to get top six, top six minutes, top six opportunities, and he's certainly taking advantage of them. Uh, one of the biggest high-danger shot creators uh, on the Capitals right now, he ranks fourth in that category on the season. Uh, so he is a guy who's been making plays, uh, whether he's been up on the net or in transition. He's had several plays off the rush that I think have been really impressive as well. Just a player who is really good with the stick, really good up front, and, and certainly the the tool set uh, the Capitals were looking for when they brought him in. Yeah, I think it's exactly what the Caps needed, too, considering having lost the offensive prowess of, of Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson for extended periods of time. We'll get to updates on those guys here just in a second, as well as TJ Oshie, who's back on the ice. He did miss some time, but I also wanted to highlight the play of Nicholas Abe Kubel, Matt, because he's been playing well as, as well. <laughs> Made it goals in back-to-back games for him with another last night. I heard his interview with Al Koken during the intermissions and talking about how it just kind of felt good to get a couple of goals after not scoring for a while. I think he just adds another dimension to the offense, and the more confidence he builds can only be a good thing, don't you think? Yeah, the Capitals have seem to be giving him a couple of opportunities here the last couple of games. He's been a healthy scratch for a lot of his time in Washington, but here drawing back-to-back starts here and uh, scoring a goal in both games, his first two goals of the season. It's certainly been uh, impressive from him. Uh, they're also putting him, you know, on also the third line as well. He's not necessarily being thrust into a fourth line role, as we've seen other guys like Joe Snively uh, earlier this year. He's getting some opportunities here, and I think that's telling with the Capitals bringing back Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom here uh, in the near future. They're going to have to make a roster crunch, have to cut some guys, and they're giving a, a chance for Abe Kubel to prove that he can stick around. And certainly with those two goals, he's making his case. The Capitals continue to deploy both of their goaltenders, Matt. Both Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren have seen action. And with the Caps playing back-to-back games over the last two nights, you can understand why they went with Kemper in one game, Lindgren in the other. Lindgren was in goal last night. 
as he normally has. He had some good saves, but obviously the three goals allowed just a little bit too much for the Capitals to overcome. What did you make of the way that he played last night? Yeah, you know, I thought that he played a pretty good game, really in that first period, gave up two early goals and kind of settled down from there, uh, you know, going almost 25 minutes without allowing a goal. I thought that he played a pretty impressive game there. Really some highlight reel saves, including one where that was a flurry of three in a row where he was sprawled on his back, sticking his armpit out to make a save. I mean, he is certainly capable of filling up the highlight reel, that's for sure. Ultimately, you know, that goal with 315 to go is, is not one that you know, he should have given up, but also I think there were some breakdowns in front of him that, that put him in a bit of a bad position there. So I thought he played a, a pretty even game overall. It wasn't necessarily a fantastic performance, but certainly one where I think there were a lot of things to like about what we saw from Charlie Lindgren. We're talking with Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. You can find him on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick. Last thing on the games from this week, Matt, uh, Lexi Protus, a healthy scratch yesterday on his birthday, no less, which, of course, is, is tough no matter what, but not the best present, I suppose. What went behind that decision, Matt? Yeah, you know, the, the Capitals didn't share their exact reason for it, but I, I think it was also pretty telling, uh, like we said, with, with Baxter and Wilson coming back there, they're looking at a, a situation where they're going to have to open up two roster spots and Protus is the youngest player on the team, even with his birthday yesterday, turning 22 years old, youngest player on the Capitals roster right now, and the only player who is waiver-exempt. He can be sent down to Hershey without being exposed to other teams. That is not the case for anybody else on the roster. So, uh, you know, he really would have had to play spectacular, I think, to justify keeping him on the roster, given that they wouldn't have to lose anybody by sending him down. So uh, it seems that that is going to be one of the moves that the Capitals make. Obviously, nothing official yet. So a lot of things that they could do. GM Brian McClellan obviously weighing a lot of different decisions here with his two stars coming back. But it appears that Protus being sent to Hershey uh, just to get some top six minutes, to get some time on power play. You know, he's been playing on the fourth line all year. He's a, a natural center, but has been playing on the wing, so a bit out of position there. Uh, you know, this is going to be a chance maybe for him to continue his development before making a permanent return next time he comes back up. Yeah, you nailed exactly where I was headed with my next question here, Matt, because it sounds like both Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson are very close to returning to action. Two-part question, when do you think that we'll see those guys back in the lineup? And then the follow-up is kind of, as you were describing, who ends up being the odd man out because they've got a lot of guys here to consider, whether it's Protus or, or Abe Kubel, who's obviously been playing really well recently. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think we could see either of them or both of them making their returns here in these next couple of games. They play the Columbus Blue Jackets at home tomorrow before going uh, and doing a kind of a home-and-away series with the Flyers next week. Uh, they've got a couple of days off between there. So whether they do it on Sunday and get them both back or bring one back, it's unclear right now. Uh, but it certainly seems like by the end of this upcoming week, both should be back on the ice, which is certainly an exciting prospect for Capitals fans. It does, of course, create a, a bit of a situation for the Capitals roster. They're going to have to open some spots. I think that Abe Kubel is a, is a roster bubble player, as is Alexi Protis. Joe Snively, who's only started six games all season and has only played in one in the Capitals' last 24. Uh, the homegrown product might be uh, have to be put on waivers. Maybe he's a player the Capitals think they could push through and send down to hurt you without losing him, as opposed to Abe Kubel, who, of course, started the year with the Toronto Maple Leafs before the Capitals claimed him themselves. Uh, you know, there's there's several players that could be moved around. I think Sonny Milano has kind of played his way out of that conversation. Uh, but certainly there are, there are a few players on the bubble right now, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Capitals handle it over these next few days. 
Yeah, we'll just kind of have to see how it all shakes out. Now, can't have this conversation about the Caps without at least mentioning Alex Ovechkin once, Matt. He scored seven goals in his last five games now. Didn't get on the board last night against the Nashville Predators, but he did have one late in the game against the Blue Jackets and two in the game against the Sabres earlier this week. The game against Buffalo was was a really exciting back-and-forth affair. You had young versus old, Tage Thompson, a hat trick, Ovi also adding two goals, but Ovi himself is is not slowing down at all. It's pretty incredible the level that he's playing at. And he, the, the guys and the team as a whole, as they have for the last decade plus, they, they really seem to feed off his play, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, he's the captain. As the Capitals go, as Alex Vetsin goes, the Capitals go. Right. Uh, and, and he's doing it, you know, at, at this incredible pace where it was almost weird not seeing him score last night. I mean, he's on pace for 57 goals this year. That's 57 goals for a 37-year-old The the NHL record for the most goals scored by a player 37 or, or later is 44. So wow. Alex Ovechkin is in absolutely a, a league of his own right now in terms of the amount of goals he's scoring, the amount of points he's putting up. I mean, he's almost almost been a point-per-game type player. Uh, and, and the fact that 57 goals, I mean, the last time he eclipsed that number was when he scored 65 in 2007-2008. So even for him, this has been a, an incredible scoring pace, uh, and he has not stopped even after moving into second place all time. Of course, as it has been for, as we said, the last decade plus, it's been a lot of fun to watch recently, just praying for good health for him for the rest of the season and, and obviously the rest of his career, knocking on wood, doing all of the, the hijinks that you can to make sure that he stays healthy. Last one here for you, Matt, real quick. Can you give us an update on John Carlson? I know that he's expected to still be out for some time. Took a puck to the face in that December 23rd game against Winnipeg. How is he doing? I heard he was at a game recently. Yes. Uh, he was at the Capitals' home game against the Sabres earlier this week. Still out indefinitely, got a long ways to go. Uh, and one of the moves the Capitals could make here in bringing Backstrom back is moving him to long-term IR, which would all but guarantee he is out for at least the next month or so. So, uh, you know, he seems to be in better spirits. Uh, Peter LaViolette talked about how he saw him in the trainer's room uh, at that game a couple of nights ago, and he was smiling and, and seemed to be doing a lot better than he had been doing over that Christmas uh, when he was in the hospital and coming right out of it. So seems like he is doing better, uh, you know, emotionally, uh, mentally, and, and now it's just about the, the long way back, uh, working his way back from really what, what was a very scary injury. The Capitals' next game is tomorrow night from Capital One Arena, 5 o'clock puck drop. They get the Columbus Blue Jackets once again, the team that they beat 6-2 to two just a couple of nights ago. Matt, I will let you go. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, buddy. Really appreciate you carving out a little bit of time for us. We'll catch up again soon. No problem, Dan. Anytime. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. There he goes. That's Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage. One more time, you can find him on Twitter at ByMattWyrick. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll wrap up the 9 o'clock hour here on 106.7 The Fan. Coming up at 10, we kick off the next hour of the show going back to the NFL. Look at both of the games we've got going on today, one at 4.15, the other at 8.15, and then... About 10-15, we'll go through the rest of the NFL schedule because we got a full slate of games on Sunday as well. No Thursday night games, no Monday night games. So the schedule mostly contained to this weekend. But real quick, as we've got about 10 or so minutes, let's give you a quick Wizards update because why not? They lost on the road last night at Oklahoma City. Final score, 
127, 110. That's two losses in a row now for the Wids after they went on a little five-game win streak. But obviously with no Bradley Beal for this game, things were going to be an uphill battle for them playing on the road down there in Oklahoma City. Beal was diagnosed on Thursday with a low-grade left hamstring strain, and he will not be reevaluated for at least a week. When that announcement came out, they knew that he'd be missing at least three games, but that was just before they were going to reevaluate. So I think most of us expected him to be out for an extended period of time, at least beyond that three games. And he's already missed some time this season. So injuries piling up there for the Wiz and, and specifically for Bradley Beal. But if you'll remember, Oklahoma City needed a last second basket from Shea Gilgis Alexander to win 121 120 in D.C. back on November 16th, but the Thunder really just cruised last night in the rematch, leading by as many as 27 points. Oklahoma City committed only six turnovers, while the Wizards had 20. So turnovers, not only the name of the game in football, but it's oftentimes the name of the game in basketball as well. And this was a season sweep for the Oklahoma City Thunder, so uh, the Wizards will not have to play them again this season, but it was a 38-point third quarter for the Wizards. That seems pretty good, but they didn't come any closer than 18 points, and allowing the Thunder to score 35 points in that same period, in the same quarter, well, you can really understand exactly why that happened. So taking a quick look at the box score here, Kyle Kuzma, the leading scorer for the Wizards last night, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists on 7 of 14 shooting, but 6 turnovers, that was the most, at least by twofold, for any Wizards player last night. You also had Kristaps Porzingis adding 14 points, 10 rebounds on 3 of 11 shooting, not a particularly efficient night from him. Usually when the Wizards are playing at their best, Porzingis is actually the guy that's really leading the charge. A lot of double-doubles this season just has to do with how efficiently he's able to score the basketball, get to the free throw line. Porzingis, 8 of 10 from the free throw line last night, so that's pretty good, but 3 of 11 from the field, generally not going to get it done. It looks like Will Barton had 14 points off the bench, 3 assists, 4 rebounds, while Daniel Gafford added 15 points and 9 rebounds to go along with 2 assists on his night which was 7 of 8 shooting. So Wiz 17 and 23 on the year now. They're 7 and 16 on the road. Their next game will not be until Monday when they head back home to Capital One Arena and they will face the New Orleans Pelicans for a 7 p.m. tip-off. So that's the latest there on the Washington Wizards. And just a quick update on the Nationals because... Well, it is 2023, and baseball season, I guess we could say, is right around the corner, right? We're a little over a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting, spring training, probably a little bit closer to two months away. But baseball season is coming, and although I'm sure a lot of folks around the district are not too excited about what they're going to see on the field from the Nationals this season, the Nats did make a move this week, signing Dominic Smith to a one-year, $2 million contract. And Smith described that as, quote, a fresh start for both Smith and, you know, the Nationals who have finished last in the NL East each of the past three seasons since winning the World Series. Smith is excited, though, about becoming 
the Nationals' everyday first baseman. He said, quote, They want me to come in and play first base to just share my knowledge of the game, Smith said during a video conference with reporters on Wednesday, the day that the Nationals did announce that agreement. In addition to the $2 million salary, Smith's free agent contract includes up to $2 million impossible incentives, according to a person with knowledge of said deal. And they confirmed the parameters to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity because no financial terms were disclosed. So the problem is for the Nationals, you know, you're adding guys this offseason who really just sort of seem like they're there to bridge the gap between now and suppose a point where you can draft some more guys and, you know, develop and grow them. Hopefully they turn into, you know, some of the the better prospects in the league obviously that was a lot of the logic behind trading Juan Soto last July right you got a big prospect hall one of the better prospect halls in MLB history some of those guys you'll see right away in the majors this season some of them you won't and and some of those guys are working their way back from injury as well so it's just kind of something that is I'm sure frustrating for you all out there as you prepare for the 2023 season because as I said a lot of the guys that they're signing this offseason are not likely to be around long term but when you're in the middle of a rebuild that's one of the things that just tends to happen and you wonder too how much money Mike Rizzo was going to have to really spend this offseason with some plans for the future although it's it's not as though the Nationals exactly have a giant payroll and uh, roster full of superstars that they're trying to pay although they do have big contracts on their books right now for both Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin so the Nationals are working their way back to getting to competing in the National League East I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen this season but as we've seen for the last couple of years in Major League Baseball there are several teams I would say that were ahead of where folks thought that they would be in terms of their development and in terms of competing in their respective divisions. Two examples that I think of would be San Francisco Giants, who didn't have as good a 2022 as 2021, maybe took a step back. But, you know, being in the chase for guys like Aaron Judge this offseason, who, of course, did end up staying with the New York Yankees, signed a big fat contract to stay in the pinstripes, you could tell that they're still... About right along now since it's been a couple of years with where you would expect them to be in terms of competing for the division. The National League West is obviously just always a competitive division with the Dodgers out there who can spend, outspend really any team in Major League Baseball, even the Yankees now. Not to mention you've got the San Diego Padres who are one of the most all-star heavy teams in Major League Baseball these days. And, and a team like the Chicago White Sox who have it seems been gathering prospects for several years are starting to see their 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 the bearing of the fruits that that they've planted so long ago so it, it's it's something that i know that you have to be cautious with going forward i again just like the going into this game with the commanders this this weekend low expectations for the nationals this season but maybe they surprise you because you just never really know but let's do this. Let's step aside. We'll come back and we'll kick things off again in the 10 o'clock hour with a full coverage of the NFL Saturday. You've got the Chiefs at the Raiders later on today, not to mention a big game 
for the nightcap, the Titans at the Jaguars, the de facto AFC South Championship game. Should be a lot of fun and a great way to kick off our NFL weekend. We'll kick it off on 106.7 The Fan next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 